Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of the Hooligan Report. I'm joined once again by Boyan. Hi guys. And also by Cookson. Hello guys. So we've got a bit of a United heavy presence at the moment, so we'll try and keep the um, goo and the melts to a minimum. But we'll start with your game, and it was a pretty impressive win against Liverpool. And it was one of those, it's pretty much a typical smash and grab, wasn't it? It was pretty much one shot on target for a goal. There's no such thing as a bad win at Anfield. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, fair enough. I mean, when you think about it, how many games have United dominated at Anfield? Uh, I don't know. It's probably been a couple. Last, Was last it Matter last season? Last year, apart from that, not many. Apart from that, last decade, you look about it, it's all been smash and grabs, scrappy games. We play like complete shit, and yet we walk away with three points. <laughs> I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool weren't even that good. It. I mean, they were just as crap. I'm just saying, oh, we dominated the game. You had, like, shooting from 30 yards like Stevie G is not dominating. They didn't have any real big chances. De Gea made standard saves. And because of that, he got man of the match because he was the only player to play somewhat at his level. Well, I was just surprised that um, Mignolet didn't concede from a corner. That's the real story of the match, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure... Well, I mean, I guess it's technically was from a corner, wasn't it? Who's doing the forward scouting for United? Because we didn't put an in-swinging corner in all game. It was all out-swinging crosses. You're thinking, what the bloody hell are they doing? Put them under pressure, especially with toilet brush up front. Oh, with with Um, the amount of goals they've conceded from corners lately, yeah, surely you go the in-swinger just to put them under a bit of pressure. Um, But yeah, toilet brush got, got um, got the assist in the end. And with Mate. a good strike from Rooney, he yeah. absolutely roofed it. Beautiful. So, and Fellaini did beat four people, which was quite hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he's, he's once a toffee, always a toffee, isn't he? Well, they both are, really. They love a good win against Liverpool. Bit of Belgian toffee. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you guys see Van Gaal sticking out the season after this? He Apparently, rumours are he'll be staying out the season, but... And new managers, he will resign at the end of this year. Or in this season, sorry. And yeah, new manager will come in. Now, I do want to get, get you guys both to give a bit of a discussion about this, but we will try and keep it brief, because I know you're both very polar opposites about it. But two words for you guys. Jose Mourinho. Where do you guys stand on him as a potential future United manager? I'll, I'll ask Cookson first. Well, because... Well, in my view, Pep is probably already going to City, so it's Jose, really. So I see him as just being a good manager for us. Bojan? Uh, uh, I don't see him as being a good manager for us for a variety of reasons. Firstly, he never leaves a club in a better position than when he arrives. That would be the first one from a playing list and also lead table um, position. Secondly, he tends to um, get on the wrong side of certain key players. I mean, look at one mutter would be one. So, And he always tends to fall out with his players and that's in that halfway through the second season or the third season. The style of football is, look, it's better than what Van House um, putting out there, but it's not. It's still not a good style of football. It's not a United style of football. And, I mean, largely. And when you look at the, the guy that has the biggest gripe with him is... Bobby Charlton, and it's not. And what it's about him, it's the way he acts. It's not. You need to act in these top jobs in a more dignified manner, pure and simple. You know, poking um, the 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 Barca coach in the eye, stuff like stuff like that, complaining to the ref all the time. You know, that's not becoming of a top level, top level, top club manager. And it's I very, don't want him anywhere near my club. It's very interesting when Chelsea, uh, when Chelsea hired him the second time, everyone was very keen to have him back in the league because they loved the personality that he brought. But even from the start, I mean, I just saw him as a sore loser. And yeah, he had his moments with the press where he was a, he had a good laugh with them, but he's he's just never rubbed me up the right way. But his, if you, no, sorry, well, I'll say here's my opinion. Looks look at the managing jobs he's had so far. He's at Chelsea and they're about as stable as a sinking ship. Real Madrid, who are pretty much a circus designed as a football club. I mean, he would have fallen out with Perez, who was a complete nutjob. The players are 
arrogant pricks there. But at Porto, he did very well despite all the sales, and he still loved at Porto. And Inter Milan, he did very well, and it was pretty much they were bound to crash because the whole Serie A crashed along he, with them. Did he win the Champions League with Inter? Yeah, oh, treble. Yeah, yeah, thought so. Um, I think he like he really wants the United job more than anything else because few reasons. One, he gets full control. There's no director of football. There's no meddling owners. There's no crazy presidents buying players because they're ugly or selling or because they're beautiful. Two, it's one of the few clubs where you can last a full legacy and he's a massive, he's a massive mate of Fergie, which means he'll probably change purely for Fergie alone. So I'm thinking, yep, Jose, the man, he needs redemption. We need to learn how to win. It's like a beautiful story coming together. I think the issue with Mourinho, though, and one of the reasons why he lasts so briefly at clubs is that his playing style asks so much of the players in terms of um, fitness and commitment that they just get mentally fatigued and he doesn't seem to rotate his key players enough. Um, And you look at guys like Fabregas and Costa who really burnt out under him. So I think that's part of the reason why he only lasts at clubs for two, two and a half seasons, or three seasons in some cases. So perhaps appointing him on a two-year contract would, would be the way? Well, what's, what's interesting, I was having a chat on the board to Gosha, formerly known as Nallard, um, a Chelsea supporter, and he was trying to troll me, um, saying that Chelsea had eight or nine world-class players and that United had De Gea, and that was it. Now... Based on last season, eight or nine was part, was obviously too many, and that wasn't the case. But a lot of those players did look world class. Um, someone like Nemanja Matic. Yes. This year, he looks championship level. So, you know, I think the difference... Potentially between... A-League level. Oh, sorry, not Matic. <laughs> I'm thinking of Vidic. Sorry, carry on. Matic, yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, Nemanja Matic. <laughs> um, I think the, where Cookie and I, and where a lot of Man United fans differ, is... Is it all about the results on the pitch, or is there more to it than that? And a lot of United fans are, you know, all that all that matters is winning. It's not it's not how you do it. It's not, you know, the, the stability of the club long term. It's about winning right now. Whereas another section of the supporter base, probably fifty percent, let's say, uh, for argument's sake, are the other way, where it's more about um, tradition, how you go about things, youth development. Um, and winning in the right way. And I think, yeah, and that's probably the main difference between Cookie and my viewpoints, I think. Fair enough. Um, Well, we'll discuss Mourinho's former club now in Chelsea in a very controversial controversial 3-3 draw with Everton. Um, It's interesting because it was pointed out to me during the match that Chelsea have beaten Everton with late goals their last two times at the bridge. So when Funes Mori scored in the 89th or 90th minute, I think, I thought perhaps the curse was broken, but of course in the eighth minute of stoppage time when there was seven allotted, Chelsea scoring offside goals. So um, how did you guys see that one? I'll say this. If this was United and it was a United game, every single person would be melting down and claiming conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's still been some suggestions of that. It's, this, no, is it's... The, this is the FA Cup draw all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep on attacking, not lose focus, and yeah, cost Everton in the end, but still, good game to watch. I'm on goals, which was, it was good to see. I think there was some stat about the last five or six games at Stamford Bridge have been over three goals, something like that. So it's it's a very different Stamford Bridge than the one Mourinho had um, last season in terms of the way they were able to shut teams out. Um Everton fans on the board have raised the concerns that this isn't the first time it's happened for them conceding late goals. Obviously, there was that 4-4 draw with Bournemouth, I think. Was it 3-3 in that as well? Um, and I think there's been a few other games as well. So, there, there are warning signs there at Everton that perhaps something needs to change, whether that's the manager or something else, I'm not sure. Um, do you guys think Martinez is still the best man for the job there? No. I, I don't think he is. And I think... Some of the things that happened now happened happened in his previous job too at Wigan, kind of a high-scoring team but high-conceding team. I mean, it's if you look at the list from you know objectively, 
I don't rate Funes Mori. He's one of those defenders that looks good going forward, but isn't naturally great at his main craft of defending. So he's scored a couple of goals this season now, but he can't defend. Um, but, you know, full strength, you've got Coleman, Bain, Stones, Jaggy Elkhorn need to be replaced. But that's, you know, relatively solid, I would have thought. Um, and yet they're conceding far too many goals. And I have a sneaky suspicion that United will buy John Stones at the end of this season. But I think he's regressing under, under Martinez. I think there's a focus too much on bringing the ball out of the fence and taking risks doing so, which a lot of their defenders do do, and less emphasis on actually um, position, uh, positional awareness, i.e. being in the right position um, defensively, and not conceding goals. Well, another side that's also having a lot of trouble with conceding goals is Sunderland, who went down 4-1 to Tottenham. Um, and you have to wonder if there's much of a way back for them with the rate of goals that they're conceding, because we'll, we'll touch on Villa as well, but um, at least what you can say about Villa is that they've really tightened up their defence and they aren't conceding as many goals as they did in that patch against Everton and a few others. Um, which is really interesting, because obviously Sam Allardyce is known for quite a defensive dour style of football, and yet he can't seem to get their defence working properly. Um, do you guys see any, any way back for Sunderland? Not there being relegated, they're just, they're on the whole just a terrible football team. Don't I mean, they're, Sorry, okay. they're just the players, is average, I mean, some of them just look like they don't really give a shit. And I mean, what, Kirkhoff really looked like he wanted to be there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they just hold on for too long and yeah, bye-bye. I wouldn't give up on Kerikov too um, too early. He's not going to want to play championship football after leaving Bayern Munich. Um, so I dare say he'll start to pull his finger out. But I understand how it could have been a little bit of a shock and a little bit of a horrid debut. It would be good if I had, had some depth up front to give Defoe a chop out. I, like if he pulled a hamstring or something, they, they would well, get a stall. Funny, funny you say that because... Well, first of all, Danny Graham's just gone on loan to Blackburn, so they've stripped that away. But they've brought in my old friend, Darman Doy, on loan from uh, whichever Turkish club he was at. And I think he's just about the perfect striker for Allardyce's game style because his first touch, when he gets a ball in the air, is absolutely sensational. And he did it a couple of times with us where he'd bring the ball down to ground very, very well and either lay it off or score goals. And he can play out wide on the left or the right, as well as up front. So I think he could be the perfect foil for Defoe um, as that sort of hold-up man who can then release Defoe. Um, and he just he wasn't available to play Spurs because he hadn't got his work permit sorted. But I think he's probably their big chance at survival, I think. The interesting thing, obviously, with him, though, is because he's on loan, as you're saying with Kirkov, that if he, if he doesn't want to play championship football, he'll pull his finger out. And Doi can just kind of say, okay, we'll see you guys. <laughs> I'm, going back, yeah. I'm going back to Turkey. <laughs> so uh, well, that, one, that one will be interesting. What you said, yeah, that, that's a fantastic signing for him. I did, a mate of mine sports Sunderland told me a, a stat last night that was about Patrick van Arnholt. Um, and he, it, he was wrapped with him last year, thought he was an absolute star and couldn't believe that Chelsea got rid of him. He was, um, had, had his hand in his head, sorry, his head in his hands after about five games about how terrible he is. Patrick <laughs> Van Aanholt statistically is the best fullback in the Premier League. Sorry, best attacking fullback in the Premier yeah. League from attacking groups. Patrick Van Aanholt is also the worst defensive fullback <laughs> in the league. So he's just going forward, still the top of goals, but geez, they're leaky defensively. They're two best defenders. Allardyce doesn't have confidence that they can play together. Imagine so, Imagine if Chelsea Brown. still had him and had Ivanovic and Van Anhold as their fullbacks. At <laughs> 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 least games five four or something. <laughs> That'd be glorious. But yeah, they 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 need another. They need a young centre half. Yeah, centre-half yeah. they've O'Shea. got so many old centre halves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whilst they play well together, they they're, they're slow. 
Um, well, we'll move on and look at the top of the table. Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll talk about Villa first, uh, and that sort of links into the top of the table, uh, where they managed to get a 1-1 draw with Leicester. But it, it was an interesting game, because Leicester seemed to dominate for large patches before they scored their goal, and then just kind of sat back. Uh, and Villa got very, very lucky with their goal, because I, I dare say it was a, a handball against Jested. Um, but this is the sort of result that, Les, uh, that Villa sorry, really needs to get, to sort of click into gear and hopefully start pulling some points together to get up the table after their win against Palace as well. Um, but it's yet another missed opportunity for Leicester, and they're really starting to drop drop points. So it's amazing they're still equal top. Yeah, it still is, but again, you look at it, it's, well, three points pretty much missed for Leicester. I mean, but... It probably does reflect on what's been happening in the Premier League quite a bit, with good sides seemingly dropping points to completing utter crap sides. I mean, we drew to Newcastle twice. It's lost and just dropped points to like clubs like Norwich. I, mean, I think and we drew Arsenal. to... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, Palace lost to both Villa and Sunderland. Uh, Arsenal dropped points to Stoke. Um, it's been, it's certainly been an interesting couple of weeks, uh, and that top three or four sides are really sort of throwing away opportunities to get much of a lead at the top of the table. Um, and Arsenal put, were very lucky that yeah. Stoke weren't able to get the win. But the people say like, "Oh, this United side's the worst in like blah 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 thirty years and all that." We're still in touching points to this title. If we were a bit better in literally three other games, we would be winning this title race. Yeah. So pretty much... You could say that about any of the sides, really. I mean, you could say if, if, if Leicester had a better defence or if Arsenal were able to score a few more goals or that sort of thing, they'd be further in front as well. If City could actually do something away from home. Yeah, but this is a United side that's pretty much just as disjointed as a bloody puzzle made by a bunch of five-year-olds. <laughs> you know, there's a corner box in the middle. There's a little random piece that's got missing underneath the couch. Yeah. But so it's just, it probably does reflect the whole league, like the Leicester, Aston Villa games. Like, you could play very well and yet walk away with nothing. And that's the great thing about the league this season. Um, and you look at Watford, who have now suddenly, after being a side that had won the most games in a row in the league, have now lost four or five games in a row. Um, and they're not looking in trouble, I wouldn't say, but they've dropped out of the top half. Um, and if they lose another couple of games, then they'd start looking over their shoulder a bit because they're eight points ahead of Newcastle, but that can change very quickly. Yeah, this is where we need Fergie. Fergie would have us on top with like <laughs> 60 points. We'd just be sitting there, twiddling the thumbs, while the pleb teams fight. <laughs> I think well, it's... There... Sorry, Brian. There was a article posted in the Manchester Evening News by James Robson indicating that Fergie has told the owners. Oh, yes, Fergie, I can see that. Secretly, um, it's relatively well known that Fergie and Woodward don't see completely eye to eye, and there is a bit of a power struggle there. Um, Woodward doesn't want Fergie to get more power through um, hiring Ryan Diggs. So Fergie's gone direct to the owners and told them, if you, if, if you sat Van Hal and put Diggs in there, I'll mentor him and make sure that we're successful. That's a very, it would be, surely be a very tempting proposition and, and potentially should have been what happened to begin with. Oh, oh as in straight away? I th- as in when Fergie, as in as Fergie got towards the end, perhaps, perhaps a year or two before still the end... Yeah, well, I understand that. But if you approach Giggs, as, as, uh, if Alex Ferguson approaches Giggs in, say, 2012 and says, yeah. look, I'm thinking about finishing up pretty soon, do you, and, and Giggs has expressed to him interest in managing the club one day, you work out a transition sort of thing, kind of like you have at a few of the AFL clubs where you have um, Ruse and Longmire or you have Malthouse and Buckley, which didn't work out as well. But you know, that's that sort of idea, where, which is pretty much what he's proposing now, where... Fergie would take on slowly more and more of a mentoring role as Giggs is eased into the role. And that might have been the way to go. And then Giggs could have been an assistant under assistant yeah. at, whilst playing for another couple yeah. of years. And more playing assistant sort of thing for a year or two, then, you know, retires and he gets on like a 
a full-time sort of assistant role and then becomes manager while Fergie's director of football or something and then, yeah. The yeah. issue is, because I think Woodward wanted to avoid what happened to when Matt Busby and all that because reaches the awkward situation, so kind of don't blame him. I mean, it's a wonderful proposition, but you can't go looking back at the past, really. So you don't, you wouldn't want Fergie involved? Well, we were going to get Pep. That was the first option, so no. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't want Fergie coming back to to mentor um, gigs. You'd rather keep um, keep Van Hal for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think gigs is ready yet. Fair enough. The interesting thing with these transitions is that is that often they they wouldn't work. Like if. If Gibbs took over straight away, say, and Ferdy was director of football, the players that Gibbs played with might still look at him as a teammate and go to Ferdy. Yeah. But given the amount of turnover in the squad, I don't think that would be an issue now. The only guys who are still kind of around are veteran, um, really, from, from the years when Gibbs was playing, so he sold bloody half a team. <laughs> so I think that transition should work. I'm... Look, unless we can get Pep. But it doesn't seem like they're even trying to get Pep, to be honest, but maybe that's because they know he's not a city. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the reason. It would not surprise me at all if, if they genuinely believe that Gibbs is going to be a, a good manager. And I think that at the end of the year, they will make Gibbs the manager. Hmm, be cool. Hmm. Well, we'll move on then and chat about the FA Cup just briefly because we've had a few replays um, over the last few days and there was a huge upset this morning. I don't know if you guys caught it, but um, Liverpool managed to get up over Exeter, which was um, a bit of a surprise in a 3-0 victory. Um, And Tottenham 2-0 victors away from home to Leicester, um, amongst other results over the last few days. The court James third. I am shocked to be sitting there. That Liverpool <laughs> one. <laughs> Brad Smith got an assist in a, in a actually well worked movement for um, Liverpool. So that was good to see as an Australian. It's good to see Jurgen Klopp get a win. The overrated German <laughs> hipster. He needs a win. So yeah, His um his former assistant, the current Huddersfield Town manager, didn't experience such a good result in the FA Cup. They were up two nil against Reading. They got a red card. And then they lost five two. <laughs> it's a bit of a swing. Ah, oh, shit happens. What can you do? <laughs> um, there's a bit of a discussion on the board today about the Spurs Leicester game in terms of Leicester resting players. If you if you were in Leicester's position, um, supporting a club of Leic- Leicester stature, would you rather see the club try and push on for their top four finish, or would you kind of think we've got more points than last year, we're safe from relegation, let's push for a trophy? Well, I'll put it to this way. It's like, do you want to have a trophy or would you rather have a maybe a good European night at, say, the new cabin and have Leo Messi face go to wherever Leicester play? Where's Morgan? Um, Leicester really have one opportunity. they got one shot. They've got one shot. <laughs> they didn't take it. Um, to really set themselves up as a high-level Premier League club for the next, let's say, 10 years. Yeah. So make, if you make, I mean, unless you're Man United and a Chelsea, you don't make Champions League. You're not attracting high-caliber players. It's just that simple. It really is that simple. You've got to go the, the ring, the run below where it's high-potential players, but they're not there yet. So if they can make Champions League, they can probably hang on to Riyad Mahrez and a couple of others who the other clubs will be, will be uh, sniffing around. They can take hold of... Uh, the dollar canter, and they can strengthen the squad, and they might not be a Champions League team next year. In fact, I think they won't be a Champions League team next year, but they can solidify themselves as a top six team, potentially, and at the very least a top ten team, with the the riches that come with that Champions League football. It doesn't even matter if they did it out of the first round of the group stages. I mean, it's kind of, I think it's like a thirty or forty million pound just cash injection straight up, just from making the group stages. So they need to concentrate on making top four first and foremost. Yeah. And you add in all the advertising revenue because suddenly it's a bit more expensive, extra tickets and all that. Yeah. However, 
for England as the whole, it would be very bad if Leicester become top four. So please go to five, let big clubs handle Champions League for the <laughs> coefficient. Well, well, we'll look ahead to the next set of fixtures now. Um, and we've got an early game at 11.45 Saturday night in uh, what would formerly be Luis Suarez's warm-up um, event in Liverpool against Norwich. Um, without him in the side, though, I don't know if there'll be quite as many goals from Liverpool. But uh, how do you guys see this one? We'll start with Cookie. Norwich winning 2-0. <laughs> Big call. Not well, really. Liverpool are just a terrible football team. Oh, yeah, Norwich aren't great themselves. Their striker was on the bench. Their £32 million investment. Yeah. <laughs> they wasted another £30 million They were arresting him for Exeter. <laughs> Benteke can join Andy Carroll in the Liverpool strikers that did are values. Did you hear the rumour about West Ham being interested in Sturridge? <laughs> yeah, 18 million. I can't believe they haven't learned their lesson from Andy Carroll. Yeah, but Sturridge, Sturridge has talent. Yeah. Oh, he has talent, but in terms <laughs> of buying overpriced players from Liverpool who would spend more time on the injury treatment room than uh, on the pitch. I think Daniel Sturridge is the new Ledley King. You teach him in cotton wool, you don't say, mate, don't even bother training. We'll just yeah. roll you out there for 60 minutes each week. And you'll probably score $20 a season doing that. And just as soon as they come to that realisation, the better off both Liverpool and Sturridge will be. How do you see the uh, Norwich game? Watch me whip, watch me nay nay. <laughs> Stephen Naismith. Two goals, 2 nil Norwich. Oh, God, you're as bad as Fox Sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot they'd sign Naismith, actually, so that could be an interesting element, I think. He'll be great for them. People yeah, laugh yeah. at the price. No, no, I think he'll be very good. He'll be the ginger Massey. <laughs> I could see maybe a 1-1 uh, one, one draw, maybe a 2-1 win for Liverpool. I, I can't quite see Norwich winning that one, but stranger things have happened. Um, Palace at home to Spurs, and Palace have really fallen off a cliff uh, in terms of their form. Uh, what's happened to them, Boyan? They've got no, no striker <laughs> and they've got no Balassi. That's what's happened to them. So they they stacked them? their side with strikers at the start of the season and everyone laughed, and they're all injured now. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I know he's very highly rated, but how bad is, Pat- is, uh, it is Patrick, uh, Patrick Bamford? How bad is he? They let, they let him go back to Chelsea on... No, 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 like... they didn't let him go. He he exercised his right because he wasn't oh, getting really? played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So presumably How they had... A... Is not getting played? Well, that's the question. I think he, he, he hadn't started a single game for them and so he got pissed off and went back. But, I mean, as we were saying earlier in the season, as you were saying, I mean, Connor Wickham was doing a very good job for them, um, which was with them playing a one-striker setup was keeping him out. But when they started playing guys like Sacco and Balassi as strikers rather than turning to Bamford. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was doing there. He, he he scored a lot of goals in the championship last season, so I wouldn't call him a bad player just yet. Well, for that for that system that Pardew's playing, he really needs the lassie back out there. Yeah. Like, desperately. And same as, well, I don't know about Conor Wickham. He does, obviously, all that great stuff um, that doesn't include scoring. Um, but... <laughs> They're going to sign a new striker. Or it's always hard for clubs in this situation. It's like, do I wait for our five strikers to come back from the tree, or do we buy another one? You know. Yeah. I don't know, be... but I tell you what, they need some goals. They need so, some goals back. How do we see this one ending up? I'm going three nils first. One nil Spurs. Fair enough, I'll probably say 2-0 Spurs, so I'll sit just in between. Um, Leicester at home to Stoke really need to sort of target this game as a as a chance for points. I think Jats was saying the next three after that is Le- uh, Liverpool, Man City and Arsenal, I think. Um, do we see them getting the result against Stoke? Uh well, at least we might discover the question of how Leicester will do against Barcelona. <laughs> but I actually think Stokes probably going to win. 2-0. I think Stokes' both attacking force could probably overwhelm Leicester. Both teams sit pretty deep and like a counter-attack. So it could be 
fairly average. It's kind of both teams playing a bit of Mickey Mouse football and hoping the other one uh, opens up a bit. But I just think in those kind of games with both teams sitting back, I just think Stoke have got a little bit more going forward. Vardy's not tearing it up anymore. Murray is having a slump, which is fine. Um, doesn't make him a bad play. Just having a, a bit of a slump. I just think a little bit more more X factor from uh, this Bojan Chakiri and Arnautovic might get the job done. So Chante will have to be huge uh, for Leicester, but I just see Stoke pinching at one nil. Yeah, I'm probably with you on that. Probably one nil to Stoke in that one. Um, Man United up against Southampton at 2am, and you guys have quite a good record against Southampton, I believe, so um, should be fairly confident heading into that one. Yeah, Southampton have kind of gone off the boil the last few weeks, haven't they? Just not really gotten any results. Well, they've, they've picked up in the last week or so, they got a result against West Brom, but, um, before, and I think before that they got a win against Watford, but yeah, before that they'd certainly been struggling for quite a while. Yeah, we are at home. I'm going to back us with a 1-0 victory. Just don't bother watching it. <laughs> well, Southampton usually gift us a doll every game with some errant bat pass. I think it's uh, the last three times we've played them, they've basically passed it to our strikers in front of doll, which is nice, and I think the, that might continue, and I think we'll win 1-0. Uh, I might say 2-0 to Southampton in that one, I think. Long has been in some pretty stellar form. Oh, the Long too. <laughs> oh, mate, you know, I'm just waiting for him. He's, he's Liverpool-bound because he's going to be an absolute world-class player. You watch him. He's going to set the Euros alight this summer for Ireland. Yeah. Um, Golden boot in tournament. Um, but I think, oh, look, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know. I mean, it's difficult because Mane and Wanyama are still sulking about not getting their moves. Um, so if they turn up and actually play pretty well, then I'd back Southampton. But otherwise, yeah, maybe a United 1-0 victory. Got Martial. He'll just casually score a hat-trick. We've <laughs> um, for France, which is a bit better than Ireland. Oh, well, we'll see how that goes. Um, Sunderland at home to Bournemouth in oh. a battle of the minnows. Um Benic Afobe scored his goal on debut for Bournemouth, so he's certainly living up to his um, price tag early. Um, how do we see this one panning out? From Bournemouth 1-0. But a terrible game. So, uh, Afobe looked pretty good in yeah. his debut? Well, I think he came off the bench and scored, so pretty decent. Against West Ham, I believe. Who was starting ahead of him? Um, that's a good question. I think it was... I'm not sure, actually. Glenn Murray, have they repatched no, the differences? No, I don't think so. I'll have a look at that. You keep talking. Um, <laughs> well, given Afobi's hot start, I'd say if they've got him and that much depth, I'm going to pick him to absolutely flog Sunderland. I don't think they're, they're just playing for themselves at the moment. They're not playing for the team or the club or the fans, which is... Pretty much the same year in, year out. And I think I, I like Bournemouth. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and they'll win 3 0. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it could be an interesting one because if, uh, if Ndoy starts up front with Defoe, that could be quite interesting. But um, I'll probably agree with you there. I think Bournemouth probably have a bit more in the tank. Um, oh, actually, no, I stand corrected. Defoe started, Murray came on as the sub. So there you go. Um, Next game we have for discussion, we've got, let me pull it up, we've got Watford at home to Newcastle, and probably, a, well, I mean, I was saying just before, I mean, they're eight points ahead of Newcastle at the moment, um, it's a pretty big game for them in that context, um, they'd want to be getting the three points at home in that one, uh, do you guys see them getting back to winning ways? No, I see Newcastle winning, because mm. I think Wayne Oldham, he's in pretty good form. Probably been Newcastle's best player this season, and I think he'll probably turn it up and score a goal and set up a few others. So, Newcastle 3 0. Oh, no, sorry, Newcastle about 3 2. Phil Watford will be dangerous. <laughs> um, this is a really tough one to call because Newcastle are bipolar. Yeah. Can they string two performances to, well, get a couple of performances together? Oh, look. Is this a. Victory Road? Yeah, it is. 
back him in. I reckon they'll win 3-1 Watford. Return to winning ways. Odin Igalo did around him. It's, it's all on um, Vinaldum, isn't it? It's Vinaldum v Igalo, the two players, where if either of them steps up, I think their side will win. Um, but if they both step up, which is hopefully the case, we'll get a pretty entertaining game. I think it could be 3-2 to Watford. Igalo with a late winner. Um, got a bit of a Birmingham derby as well. We've got West Brom at home to Villa. Those games are always a bit heated. Um, West Brom is sort of just coasting along in the middle of the table. I, I mean, they've never really looked that threatened with relegation, but they've never really looked that decent either. Um, if Villa wanted to make a statement and really sort of make a charge for safety, this would be the game to win. Um, so how do you see this one, Boyan? I see West Brom doing this quite comfortably, and I've got some uh, some unique... Darren Fletcher, Drew. Oh, yes. Anyone that's seen uh, West Brom play this year, he's bossing it. He's bossing their midfield. He's their best player by far. Um, and, yeah, he just provides so much, so much leadership for them. He takes all their set pieces, crosses, uh, crosses the ball in, and uh, he's been critical for them. And he'll ensure that kind of winning mentality and leadership, he'll ensure they don't lose this game. So they'll win... 3-0. But I am excited to see how many elbows Rudy Gostead throws out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching and out how many that. Times he, he, how many times he handles the ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cookie? Ooh. Yeah, I'll go West Brom. You know, let's ride with Darren Fletcher. He'll score two goals. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Look, it's a hard one to call. I think Villa have certainly started to show a bit more. But, um, yeah, probably back West Brom in maybe 2-0 as well. Um West Ham at home to Man City, and with Pyatt back in the side, they've certainly looked a different West Ham, uh, and they could get back to their way of beating those big clubs. Um, how do you see this one, Cookie? Oof. Again, with City, again, they're terrible away from Manchester. And you'd think before they call it, they should be winning this game, but I'm going to go West Ham to win 1-0. Because it's it's just going to be one of those games where City will dominate and they'll lose due to a random crappy goal. Um, I think Tuchy's spot on regarding uh, Man City away. They looked, well, either a completely different side or they looked totally disinterested. Um, Manjal is back. I'm not certain that's a great great thing. Um, I'm not sure that's a huge positive for him. And I think West Ham will control the game. But City have gotten a fair bit of luck recently, which is you know a bit of a hallmark thing, you know, the, the way they're winning games at the moment of a championship-winning team. And I think they'll sneak a jammy goal, but I think it'll be 1-1. Yeah, it's a tough one to call. I think City away from home have looked so poor that it'll probably be... Um, 2-0 to West Ham, I think. Um, next game to discuss is Everton at home to Swansea, and you'd hope that Everton can get the win in this one, um, though it would have been a pretty morale-boosting win for Swansea getting up over Watford um, Tuesday morning. So how do you see this one, Cookie? Uh, Swansea uh, in a bit of a lull at the moment. Everton are just playing decent football, so it's back Everton to win 2-0. Lukaku to get another goal. It's having a fine season. This this should be a high scoring game because Everton like trying to beat up on Minnows. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, actually, this could be a very good matchup to watch if you're a bit of a purist. But um, Ashley Ashley Williams against Romelu Lukaku could be a fantastic battle if they don't play on each other. Then Everton will win three or four nil, but um, I can see two one Everton this game. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe three nil to Everton. I think um, they need the win, and at home to an opponent who are pretty out of form, like Swansea, they really need to be stepping on the gas. And if Sunderland can score four goals past them, I think Everton certainly can as well. Um, and the last but not least game we've got is Arsenal at home to Chelsea in a big London derby. Um, big game, really, in terms of 
uh, whether Arsenal can keep up with Leicester because if Leicester can get the win against Stoke, um, then it becomes a pretty tough game for Arsenal. But with Mourinho gone, perhaps the uh, curse is lifted. So how do you see this one, Boyan? Uh, yeah. No, the curse isn't lift, lift, uh, lifted at all. I think this is when these are the games where John Terry and Jetta Costa, all the, all the champagne that comes out in them, and um, I think they'll do the traditional wind-up merchant job on Arsenal's players, and I think Chelsea will get the job done two-one. Cookie. Yeah, I'm back in Barryan's thoughts. Chelsea, Chelsea will wind up every Arsenal player. <laughs> an Arsenal Is player Gabriel playing? <laughs> an Arsenal player will probably get sent off. Maybe Ballerin, <coughs> because, you know, Ballerin, Ballend seems to work that way. Well, Ozil might be um, unfit for the game, so that would certainly be an interesting development. Um, this is usually the part of the season where Arsenal just completely fall apart and then it gets them like April and then they suddenly become good again someone was saying that wasn't the case but I can't remember who it was they probably weren't right anyway um, <coughs> I'll probably back Chelsea in this one as well I think you guys are right uh, Chelsea are undefeated under hitting and they're certainly looking a lot better um, so I think they might get the job done 2-0 Chelsea just know how to annoy Arsenal more than any other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, do you guys have any important transfer rumours to discuss? Uh, yes. So, out today, Edinson Cavani's agent has contacted Manchester United saying that he wants to move there. Can they facilitate a deal? Um, in relation to that, he's 29. So anything over thirty pounds would be stupid, um, considering the the good money would be on United buying Lukaku for fifty million, maybe sixty million at the end of, end of the season. I think I the other that last time. Yes, yes. yes. Um, the other rumor United have been United Stouts have been at the last four Benfica games which is a little bit rare. It's, it's fairly intensive scouting, meaning an even an approach for one of their players. Uh, the talk is it's Renato Sanchez, who has played a total of eight first-team games and has been dubbed by the Portuguese media the new Ronaldinho. Pacey, skillful, powerful central midfielder. Hasn't really put a foot wrong. Small sample size, obviously. 65 million euro release clause. Now, Jeez. clearly not. I don't spend that on a just-turned 18-year-old. But um, I've no doubt in the negotiations, if they haven't begun, they're imminent. Let's see. Uh, Victor Valdez to Standard Liège on loan. Is that That's confirmed? Soon. No, it's soon to be confirmed. Uh, Felipe Anderson talks. There's still a bit of randomness there. Like, maybe he's coming to United. Maybe he's not nobody at Napoli. Was it? No, sorry, Lazio really knows. There's also the Leroy Sane race. Oh, yes. Forty-two million pounds for a twenty-year-old. <laughs> it's just getting ridiculous. Well, the reason for that is because United did go hardcore on Martial, and suddenly, you know, the whole market's changed. The same money. Yeah. Yeah. Barcelona have been scouting John Stones. Yeah, I've heard those rumours a little bit. It's about a few times. Uh, Pato to Chelsea. I heard that's almost confirmed, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Let's... Interesting. Apparently, West Ham could be signing Andre Pierre Giganic. Gignac. Yeah, Gignac. <laughs> from Mexico, so he'll bring some tequila. He's a strange <laughs> one. He was in France, was like top goal scorer. Oh, sorry, second belt goal scorer behind uh, Latazet, who's been courted by Newcastle at the moment. And he decided to go and play in the Mexican League. And, and supposedly he's been tearing it up. I'm not sure how much he's enjoying it, but um, that was a, he's, a man to be, he's a little bit like the Tanya, a little bit crazy in the head. But um, I think the, the most realistic transfer rumours were after, after Klopp got turned down by Ter Stegen, um, Gertz uh, 
and uh, Royce. Well, you know, Shane Long, Rob Green, and Stephen Coulter. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's old school. I can't believe they're in for Rob Green. It's just it boggles the mind after they got bogged down that they would so still good. think of going after a player like that. I have a few, two theories about the Liverpool signing thing. It's either one, it's the transfer committee being shitty that Klopp wants full control. Or two, it's Klopp deliberately saying a giant F you to the transfer committee and signing crap players. But why would he do that? I think it's purely because he wants to try and get them sacked or something like that. <laughs> the fans are behind Klopp. So if, if any poor signings would be blamed on the transfer committee, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, but Liverpool supporters always support the manager. I mean, they had shrines of Rafa. I mean, Kenny Dalglish, they didn't care that he was supporting a racist. <laughs> Rogers is just a twat who they eventually lost patience of, which is surprising. I mean, so yeah, being a Liverpool supporter means you are weird. It's like being a herdite. Herdashian. <laughs> <laughs> and also, how uh, funny! Also, on Renato Sanchez, this is a reliable. He has commented on a United Youth Players Instagram video. <laughs> Jeez! Bang. Hey, social media is helpless, man. I mean, Rojo's wife was spamming Manchester photos. So was De Maria's. I mean, Falcao as well. Oh, Falcao! What a signing! Um, but yeah, we don't need to make any signings, mate. We just won 6 0. You top of the league? Uh, well, we're second, but two points off. There, there was a bit of a rumour yesterday that we were going to get Bamford because betting got suspended, but that looked like a bit of a false start. But um, I think if anyone's what coming we... in, it's going to be on loan. Is Milo back? He is. But he's, he's not actually starting. Well, he, he, he has been starting. Did he score on the weekend? No, Hayden did, though. First senior goal. Can I tell you who else scored? Hernandez got a hat trick. Ooh. Very nice. First well, half hat trick at that. It's good that he stuck with you. Yeah, oh. well, he's now got 15 goals for the season, so um, I think because he was suspended for the first three games of the season, so he's got something like 15 goals in 18 games or something like that. So it's a very, very impressive strike rate. I hope Leicester buy him off you. <laughs> Wow, so look, I can <laughs> it's it's amazing because if we tried to sell him in the summer, we would have got at best maybe five million for him. But I think now you're looking more at fifteen, uh, with the way he's been playing. When you've got other strikers in the championship championship moving around for twelve or thirteen million, um, so very happy with the way everything's looking. But I, I think we probably need another striker in just to give him a bit of a chop out. Um, Chuba Akpom probably on his way back to Arsenal, I would hope, because he has an appalling attitude. Um, so good riddance to him, I think. Why don't you try joining the Leroy Sane race? <laughs> we'll um, we'll rub a few pennies together. There's is also... There any, is there oh, any sorry, update to um, James Chester? Oh, I haven't heard anything, but I would really love to see him back at the club. He he was a substitute again for um, West Brom in their FA Cup match, and you have to think, if he's not even starting in an FA Cup match... Um, I just don't know what he's doing, and he's got he's got to be playing games before the Euros. So, I would think he'll be on on the way somewhere, on loan, um, mm. surely, or else starting a few more games. Um, the other interesting one is that there's talk heating up about uh, being a, a takeover of the club, because um, the owners are pretty intent on selling, and I think I think interested parties are sort of realising that. They might be able to get the club a bit cheaper if they buy it now rather than waiting for a presumed promotion. So that could be an interesting one to watch. Do prospective owners want to change the name of the club? Uh, hopefully not. Um, there's a bit of a rumour going around that there might be a bit of a move away from the current stadium and making a sort of a sporting village somewhere, a bit like Man City have started to do with their training complex and stadium and all that sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. It's sort of... The unknown can be a little bit scary because you don't know what they're going to want to do with the club. Um, but they can't be a whole lot worse than what we've currently got, I guess. Do you want the glaces? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'd be happy to take their money. <laughs> if they don't have, have any money, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a noodle sponsor. <laughs> 
Yeah, rather than Pink Flamingo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tyre sponsor, official airplane carrier, car, you know. Well, there is that. I should We should chat about that briefly. That I think, is it next season, you guys are set to become the um, richest club in the world in terms of income? Yes, Sucks for shit, Madrid. <laughs> we don't even have a superstar player like Ronaldo or what, whoever else Madrid have. We have Rooney, who, let's face it, is not the most attractive lad in the world. We have Dave. Got the head, the head. Oh, we've got Daily Blind. I mean, everyone loves Blind. Everyone loves Blind. Um, you know, maybe, we could, maybe we could have like Juan Matter's bedtime stories. I mean, that would sell. <laughs> <laughs> Juan Matter bed, um, bed spreads, too. Um. <laughs> imagine, imagine your kid, instead of reading like, you know, Thomas the Tank and you have Juan Matter and the fabulous free kick. Yeah, but the problem would be that the bedspreads would go missing every second night because you'd find them in your back pocket. Uh, that was a terrible right, joke, wasn't right. it? That was terrible. That's I think terrible. on that note, I think right. on that terrible note, um, we'll, we'll wrap things up. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Okay, Arsenal uh, supporters. Now, this is for potential chant. You know Nacho Monreal? Yeah. They could have a chant to that to the Simpsons monorail song and they're not doing it. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Lift your game, Arsenal. Man, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean you have possibly the only player in the world you can have that at work as a chant and they're not doing it. I mean, do you want United to invent it for you, considering <laughs> we invent all your chants? <laughs> uh Bohan, um, any closing thoughts? Yeah, to Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. Such shit, you cheating bastards. <laughs> and um, to Liverpool. Four in a row, bro. How bad are you? Louis van Gaal's bitch. Five in a row, pre-season friendly as well. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on that note, thanks for coming on, boys. No, no worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, I hope your side wins, and we'll see you on the forums.